0: Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. amen. So one of my favorite movies of all time is City Slickers. If you haven't seen it, Billy like Crystal plays a dissatisfied The trip is led by Curly, an ancient cowboy wise to the ways of the world. And at one point, Curly asks Mitch if he wants to know the secret of life. It's this. Curly says, holding up a single finger. It's one thing. The secret of life is pursuing one thing. Now, if you're not here. last Meaning that for every Sunday in October, we're going to explore the difference it would make in our own life if we grew in our capacity to be generous. With our money, yes, but also with our whole life. But to have this conversation, we have to look at what it means not just to pursue one thing, but to pursue the most important thing. Trust me that when we do that, everything else in our life will come together. And today's gospel is the perfect segue into that conversation. It begins when a man runs up to Jesus and throws himself at Jesus' feet. This man is very excited. He's also a faithful person. To the best of his knowledge, he has not broken one command. Since he was a kid. And clearly Jesus likes him. Mark says that looking at this man, Jesus loved him. But a better translation of the Greek would be that Jesus was exceedingly fond of this man. Jesus wants to get to know him better. And so Jesus issues an invitation. I'm on the move, he says. My disciples and I? Squad. And so, if you want a taste of eternal life here and now, drop your stuff, sell your possessions, and join us on the road. And I'll teach you what it means to experience eternal life here and now. That is Jesus' invitation to this man, a D. Paul. The problem, of course, was the let go of your stuff. This man had many possessions, and Jesus quickly perceived that he was placing his stuff at the very center of his life, that the accumulation of wealth was this man's primary pursuit. And what does Jesus say? That's the one thing I want you to let go of. Now, I'm not going to lie, whenever I hear this gospel read, I cringe just a little bit because I think Jesus is asking me to make a sacrifice that is not in my best interest. Like the man in today's gospel, I'm tempted to read this passage and just walk away grieving. And do you know why? Because, like this man, I don't fully grasp that Jesus is exceedingly fond of me, too. That Jesus' desire is to be closer to me right now than I'm letting Jesus be. And that what Jesus asks me to let go of is always in my best interest, something that's necessary if I become more fully alive. The truth is, you and I have all been so much shame that whenever we hear a gospel passage like today read, we quickly forget that Jesus' words are life and not death, grace and not judgment, truth and not a test. And so we wrongly assume that Jesus is being stern and harsh, that he wants us to feel guilty for what we have or that Jesus is asking do the impossible. But do you know what's so ironic about today's gospel? Jesus does not give us one ounce of extra work to do. There is no secret 11th commandment being revealed today that says the super spiritual Christians will be poor and homeless. Jesus doesn't give a new commandment. All Jesus does is remind us of The first, I am the Lord your God. Don't have any other gods before me. In other words, you shall not have one thing in your life. You shall not pursue one thing in your life above a relationship with me. And Jesus, he looked into this man's heart and he saw that his one thing wasn't God. It was his stuff, his possessions. And because Jesus knows him, and because Jesus loves him, Jesus shows this man the one thing he loves more than God, the one thing blocking his joy, the one thing feeding him from living a more human and satisfied life. And that one thing, that one thing that he loves more than God is all that Jesus asked him to loosen his grip on. And so my question for you today is very, very simple. What's your one thing? It doesn't have to be material possessions. It can be an intangible possession, like being successful or being attractive or being funny or being respected. Maybe your one thing is you always have to be right. (laughs) Or maybe your one thing really is money. And for the record, just so we're clear, whether or not money is our one thing has nothing to do with our tax bracket. I can tell you from personal experience You don't have to have a lot of money to deify it. And on the flip side, I know people with a whole lot of money, and they hold it very lightly. And so this isn't a sermon about what we have. It's a sermon about what we love. And so what is that one thing in your life that you love a bit too much in proportion to your love for God? Because as C.S. Lewis once noted, it's actually impossible to love anything in our life too much. You can't love your life too much. You can't love your kids too much. You can't love your vacation home too much. You can't love the respect of other people too much. You can only love these things too much in proportion to your love for God. The man in today's gospel, he didn't love his wealth too much. He loved Jesus too little. He didn't lack courage. He lacked knowledge, heart, knowledge that Jesus was exceedingly fond of him, that Jesus knew what was best for him, and that Jesus was offering him a different type, a different quality of life, something far better than he ever could have imagined. And so what is your one thing? Now, as you think about that, I'm going to end my sermon this week with another parable. Last week was about geese, and so this week I'm going to tell you a story about a greyhound, you know those dogs that race around the track following the mechanical rabbit? And the following is a conversation between a very successful greyhound racer and a reporter who goes out to interview the dog because this dog quits racing at the very height of his career because the reporter doesn't understand why the dog would quit and he goes to interview him. And their conversation goes something like this So, why'd you quit? Are you too old? Oh, no, said the dog. I still had some race in me. So you must not have won enough races. The dog said, no, I won over a million dollars for my own. So did they treat you badly? Is that why you quit? He said, God, no, they treated us like kings as long as we were winning. Then what? Did you get injured? He said, no, I'm healthier than I've ever been in my entire career. And at this point, the reporter just got very frustrated and said, well, I don't understand. Why on earth would you quit racing at the very height of your career? And this is what the dog said. He said, I quit the day that I found out that what I was chasing was not a real rabbit. That's when I quit. All that running, 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 running. And that thing I was chasing, it wasn't even real. So I wonder what you're chasing after, what you're pursuing in your life with more devotion, more sincerity, more heart than a deeper relationship with God. Because the point of today's gospel is not to shame us for having a car with leather seats or a little extra money in the bank. Nor is Jesus telling you to quit your job or leave your family or liquidate your 401k if you want to be a real Christian. That's really not the point. The point is that there is some aspect in our life where we are chasing a plaster. And by definition, the energy we invest in that pursuit can never lead to a more generous life. And because Jesus loves us, he is going to tell us if we are chasing something in our life that we'll never catch, or worse, something we will catch, only to discover that it's plastic. That's part of what it means for Jesus to love us and to pursue a deeper relationship with us. Because the good news of the Christian gospel is not that we need to run faster and harder, run, 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 spend our life chasing after God. The good news of Christianity is that God is chasing us. That God is extravagantly generous with us. As the book of Hebrews For the sake of the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and disregarded its shame. For the sake of the joy set before him, Jesus did that. And you and I know what that joy is. It's you. It's me. It's the body of Christ. It's the entire creation. It is we who are the one thing That Jesus is exceedingly fond of above all else. We are the one thing that God pursues. Jesus, looking at this man, loved him. And said, with a really tender heart, you lack one thing. For the man in today's gospel, it was money. I wonder what it is for you. Amen.